just give you a little bit of introduction. Moose to come up onto stage. I uh, challenge ministries. We talk about training up people. This church has got a desire to train up pastors, to mentor people, to become Christian leaders. And we want our children, uh, when they come into our care, we want godly leaders in their country. And Pastor Musa was one of our first children. He was a street kid, and he came through our uh, men's centre. So if you ever come to uh, Swaziland to see us, uh, we go around the men's centre and the women's centre. It's not just orphan care work that we do. And so uh, Musa came through the men's centre as part of the programme. So he's going to tell us a story. When I first met him in 2011, he was the director of the men's centre. So who better to look after the people in there than somebody who'd been through the program. And then uh, a few years later, he became the worship leader, I think, at church, didn't you? Uh, and then, uh, I think it was last year, I had the privilege of seeing several ordinations after, I think, five years of study, was it? Uh, so, Musa was, has come through the whole program with Challenge Ministries and is now a fully-fledged Vicar, we probably don't call you that. But, uh, so I thought, it, just let Musa tell his story, and then he's got a little word to share with us. And uh, over to you, Thank you. Pastor. Thank you. Let's give the choir another clip. Didn't they do well? <clears throat> the scripture says, where the, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Uh, so... As I was walking in here, I just had a sense that uh, there was going to be freedom in the house. Uh, are you guys okay to, to clap your hands? Can we clap our hands? Amen. Uh, are you okay to shout Amen. to the Lord? The scripture says, come before the Lord with a dance and with a clap and with a shout. It's in the Bible. It's in Psalms. So on the count of three, can I ask you guys to clap? And to, and to shout and to whistle for those that can whistle. Alright, so let's give it a go. One, two, three, go! Ah, okay. <laughs> Alright. Uh, I, I want to share my testimony with you briefly. Um, as um, my brother has said, um, I'm Musa, that's my name. My, I wasn't always privileged. I'm very privileged, by the way, as you can see, I look awesome. <clears throat> uh, it, I have not always been this awesome. Um, <clears throat> my father, he was actually from uh, Nyembane. I won't tell you where that is. Uh, but there was basically a civil war there, and to escape it, he moved into Swaziland. That is how we met up with my mother. Uh, they had four children. And at a very tender age, at the age of two, my father died. Uh, he was shot and killed by the police for his mischievous ways. And uh, my, my mother had this, and she was very devastated because she was uh, a housewife. She didn't have a job, um, but she was forced and relegated by circumstances to move the whole family into the streets. Um, and, and the streets were very difficult for us to survive. Uh, we used to steal. Uh, we, we, we did all kinds of things. We slept in abandoned buildings. My older brother joined the most notorious gang uh, in the streets, and they would go around and causing all sorts of uh, harm to people. And because he was older than me, someone that I was looking up to, um, I joined the same gang, and we did the unthinkable. Uh, at a very tender age, age 12, 
I was in prison myself for a crime that I had committed. Um, and I remember standing before the judge, and he looked at me in the eyes and he said, you're free. I don't know why he released me, but um, at, that, at that moment I knew that something had to change, that I had to change, but I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to change. Um, my sister, I'm the third oldest, um, she was involved in prostitution because that's the life that my mother was living uh, in order to support uh, the family. And so she got pregnant at the age of 12. And at 13 years old, she gave birth to a beautiful child, and she left the child with me to look after, literally on the streets, and she just took off. Now, I was very young. I was high that day, I remember very well. Uh, and I couldn't look after myself, later on another human being. So it was very devastating for me. I took the child into friends uh, that I had known at the time and just left him there because I didn't know what to do with him. <clears throat> So I left the child there, and life continued, and there was this guy who always came into the streets, and he would tell us about the love of Jesus, and I completely wrote him off. I thought, how on earth do you even acquire the courage to come and talk to me about how Jesus loves me? Can't you see I'm in the streets? Can't you see my father died? And so I, would, I, I just didn't listen to this man, but he was so persistent and he kept coming up and saying to me, Jesus loves you. And, and, and he told me about the lighthouse. And, and, and I didn't want to go because I had been told prior that uh, this is a place uh, to challenge ministries. This is a place uh, where, you know, you get fed and they, they preach to you. It's Jesus in the morning. This is how it was explained to me. It's Jesus in the morning, uh, God the Father in the afternoon, and the Holy Spirit in the evening. So I freaked out. I thought, these people must be freaks. I hate God. Why would I want to go to such a thing? But one day, uh, the Lord uh, began to speak into my heart, even though I wasn't a believer. The Lord is still speaking. And so I had this conviction. The man came to, to the streets and he said, would you like uh, to come to the lighthouse? I was hungry today. Uh, they, they used to call me sticks. Look at me now. <laughs> uh, they used to call me sticks because I was so skinny uh, at the time. I know it's very difficult to believe that. Don't look at me like that. <clears throat> so, and so I walked into, into uh, the lighthouse. I remember the first day. I walked into the lighthouse. Uh, the, the, there was a lady there, and she, she was just so happy. She had two guys with her, and, and, and she ran to me, and she hugged me. I thought, this is a crazy place, you know, and everybody was just laughing on me, and, and she took me into her office, and she asked me if I would like to accept Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior, and I said to her, no. I would not want to do that. Why would I do that? And she, she prayed with me and she said, no, and she, I said, what are the benefits? So she explained to me that if you receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, your life will never be the same again. And so I said, well, I don't like this life that I'm living. Wherever this Jesus is, I want him in my life. And so I remember in 1999, I gave my life to Jesus. And I can say to you, uh, this evening, since that day, my life has not been the same. I'm not the guy I used to be. Actually, I don't even look like him. I don't talk like him. I go into the streets, and my, some of my friends, they can't even recognize me. You know why? Because the scripture says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. 
The old is gone and behold everything has become new. And that is what Jesus has done for my life. But Teen Challenge or Challenge Ministries was not uh, the end for me personally. It was the only beginning. As uh, Mr. Simon has said, the Lord has given me the privilege uh, of uh, completing all kinds of Bible studies and music uh, studies, running uh, the residential rear program that I came uh, through worship leader. And now God has given me the most um, challenging thing that I've ever done in my life, but it is an exciting bondage. And, and there is nothing more, um, uh, exciting than to, to do the will of God, even though it is very difficult. How many of you know that the will of God is not easy? Can I see your hands tonight? Yes, it's not easy to do the will of God, but God has entrusted me, uh, has entrusted to me His highest sentimental value, and that is His people. And so I have the privilege of leading about 500 people in our church today because of what the Lord has done in my life. Not only that, but God has given me the most gorgeous woman that you can think of. Um, uh, she was actually a queen uh, in Dayton, Ohio, and, uh, you know, missed teen and missed that. And who would have thought that one day God will do such a thing? So she's incredible. And so I want to give God thanks and, and praise for what he has done in my life. And I believe that what God has done in my life, he can do it in anybody's life. Um, and so, but I do have um, a word that I want to share with you. Uh, I'm going to be short uh, and, and, uh, and sweet, hopefully. <clears throat> uh, in the book of, uh, of Luke, you don't have to go there. I was praying this afternoon and saying, Lord, what is it that you, you want uh, for this church? And, and the reason I'm sharing my story with you, it's because it's radical. It, my story is radical. And so as I was praying and saying, Lord, what word do you have for this church for right now, right here, today? And I felt the Lord saying to me, uh, we as a church need to be radical for God. And so that's the word that I'm going to share with you. Uh, this evening, being radical for God. Can you stand to the person next to you and say, we need to be radical for God. Now, now in my country, where I come from, in the kingdom of Eswatini, um, we like to interact, so this is not a one-man show. The Bible says when we come together in the house of the Lord, we must all interact. So it is okay to talk to your neighbor and to, and to interact together. So in order for you to help me to minister the word effectively, I would like for you to join in with me and let us have fun going, going into the word of God. Can you promise at least that? Yes. I mean, you're not doing the hard job. I am, right? You're just chilling there and relaxing. All I ask is that you participate uh, tonight. And so... As I was looking at the Bible, I realized I saw a pattern that literally everybody that received from God, they were radical. Every person that received from God, they were radical. And so in the book of of Luke, uh, Luke 8, you don't have to go there. You can look at it. I'll give you the scripture references when you go home. Uh, we, We are told of a story of this, this woman who was in bondage literally for 12 years. The scripture says that um, she was in bondage. She had an issue of blood and, 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 and for 12 years and she went to doctors. And there are some of you that are sitting here today 
and you're going through a difficult time, just like this woman that had an issue of blood and you don't necessarily know the way out. And I've got some good news for you tonight. And the good news is God knows your story and God is going to come true for you. Can you say amen? amen. Can you say amen? amen? And so that is the word. And so being radical for God and so everybody that received from God, they were radical. They were expectant. Can you say with me expectant? Repeat after me. Say expectant. They, they wanted to receive something from God. Everybody that received from God. They were expectant. And so I pray that as we go through this word, that we will be expectant. Because the scripture says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. If we are not hungry, if we are not desperate, if we don't want God, then God is a gentleman and is not going to come and force himself into us. And so let me pray uh, this, this evening and then we'll continue with the word. Father God, I thank you that your word says if we are hungry, if we are thirsty, that you'll come and fill us. And so, Lord, I just pray that you will open our hearts to be able to receive from you today the word that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. And so the Bible says that uh, this woman, for, for 12 years, she went to doctors seeking to get better, but her situation got worse. And um, I will imagine, even though uh, the scripture doesn't give us a lot of detail about this woman, what it does tell us is that um, she sold everything that she had. That means she must have had a bed or a, a stool or something. She had something, but she sold everything that she had because she wanted to get better. But the situation got worse instead. And, 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 and you know, in those days, if you had leprosy, you were disregarded and treated very badly. And so she had been isolated that we do know because scripture tells us. She was isolated from society. If she had a husband, she couldn't even kiss her husband goodbye. If she had children, they were removed from her because the scripture says she was unclean. So one day she hears that Jesus is coming to a city. I can imagine the excitement and the joy that began to, ro- to rise on the inside of her. And so, and, and so she hears this and, and, and the Bible says she began to go to Jesus. And, 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 and as she was approaching Jesus, uh, I, I can just see the crowd because Jesus was surrounded by a crowd and she gets to Jesus and she finds him surrounded by a crowd and now she has to ask herself the question, is it worth pushing through the crowd? And she gets to Jesus and she finally touches the hem of his garment and the disciples look at Jesus and, 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 and Jesus says to them, who touched me? And they're like, Jesus, you know those, those star in, you know, I, I don't know what expressions you use here, but um, uh, Jesus and the disciples are talking, and Jesus says to the disciples, somebody touch me. And the disciples are like, Jesus, what are you talking about? There are all these people around you, and they are touching you. What do you mean to touch you? Jesus says, you don't understand. I perceive that power has flown out of me. Somebody has touched me. You see, this was not an ordinary touch. This was a touch born out of desperation. And that is what we need as a church, uh, the local body of, or, 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 the, or the body of Christ. We need to be radical and we need to be expectant from the Lord. And so Jesus heals this woman. And I'm looking at the scripture and I'm thinking to myself, 
What is it going to take for us to be so desperate and to be so hungry for him that we are able to actually uh, embarrass ourselves? That we are able to actually get out of our comfort zone, that we are able to push through the crowds, that we are able to elbow through the crowd just to get to Jesus. You know, I think uh, of uh, the lady that comes to Jesus and she says, Jesus, my son is not well. And Jesus looks at the woman in the eyes and he says to her, listen, I don't give uh, uh, food to dogs. Basically, he insults the woman. Have you seen this in scripture, church? He insults the woman and the woman says to Jesus, uh, uh, but Jesus, even the dogs, they eat from the master's table. See, she did not give up simply because Jesus turned her off. The Bible says, see, can you will find, nor can the door will be open unto you. And so we've got to be persistent in order to receive from God. We've got to push through the crowd. The Bible says, a man wrestled with God all night. We know the story, Jacob. He's fighting with God all night, and, and God literally uh, is losing the fight, and he says, let me go. And the man says, I will not let you go until you bless me. How many of you are at the point where you are saying to yourself, I don't want to let God go until he blesses me. We need to get to that place. I mean, there are countless people. I, I, I think of David. I think of David, uh, King David, who's dancing naked before the Lord. He took off his robes. Now, in those days, just to give you a bit of background, uh, women dance and, and ran. Uh, children ran and they danced, but men did not run. Men did not do these crazy dances, but this man, he was so reckless, and he danced before the Lord because, quite frankly, he did not really care what people thought of him. He was just so desperate and so hungry, and all he wanted was God. And I think of Zacchaeus who, who runs to Jesus and he sees Jesus walking past him and, and he's so short that he can't reach out to him. And so he, he, he runs and he climbs a tree. The guy climbs a tree and he calls out and Jesus sees him and he says, Come down, Zacchaeus, for salvation has come into your house today. All the people that received something great from God, they were radical and they were desperate. And I want to challenge us today uh, to be radical for God and, 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 and to be desperate for Him because Jesus is all that we need. Jesus is all that we need. It's, it's not about what you can do. You know, the Bible says it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. And so I feel that that's the word that God has for us tonight, to be so desperate. And, I, I, and it's almost like God wants to give us a bit of a tease uh, tonight. Uh, just to kind of uh, spike your interest and, and for us to conduct an introspection in our hearts to see how hungry and how desperate we are for him uh, tonight. I think we, are, we get hungry uh, for food. If I was to tell you uh, this evening that Jesus was in town, that Jesus was coming into this church, I think the whole village will be here, wouldn't they, church? But I want to tell you that Jesus is here. Right now, right here. But because you don't see him in the flesh, we treat him as though he's not yet Jesus is here. 
And Jesus wants to touch our lives. Uh, he wants to come in and touch and transform our lives. Father, tonight, I pray that you will continue uh, to revive our hearts for you. Can I invite you just to close your eyes, just to bow our heads um, before the Lord. Lord, I pray that you will stir up, um, stir up your hunger, Lord, in our spirit. Lord, we want to be desperate for you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, would you move with your spirit in this place? Would you revive us? Would you bring, Lord, a refreshment into this church? Lord, would you saturate us in your presence? We need more of you and less of us, Lord God. Lord, that our kingdom may go and that your kingdom will come, that our will will disappear and that your will will be established in this church, in our lives. Lord, that we can be so uh, desperate for you. And that our desperation, Lord, will be born out of a desire to want more of you. Lord, that we'll be willing to do, uh, that we'll be willing to give up uh, stuff. That we'll be willing uh, to surrender control so that you can have your way. Lord, we are aware that Peter will never, Peter will not have walked on water if he did not get out of the boat. Lord, I thank you that you're calling this church to go into the deep. Out of our comfort zone. Father, you're calling us to be radical as a church. And Lord, I pray that by your spirit you, you will just Reveal what that means to each and every one of us. That as we have explored these people in the scripture, that we're willing literally to do anything just to get to you. Lord, how that man was lowered from the rooftop just so that um, he could receive his healing. Father, we pray for that kind of uh, burning desire, that kind of hunger, and that kind of a passion, Lord, to be saturated in you today in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I just have a sense that you have a word uh, for people in this church. Uh, we just pray, Lord, that you'll allow your freedom uh, to move in this place in the name of Jesus. Lord, we have made you so small in our eyes. We, we've believed in lies that you're not great, that you're not big enough. And we ask your forgiveness. Father, increase our desire, increase our expectation for you today in the name of Jesus. Let us want more of you, Father. I just sense that some of us, we filled our hearts um, with desires that are not necessarily God's desire for our lives. Some of us, we filled our lives literally with junk. And God wants us to empty ourselves and to give those things up to him so that he can lead, so that he can have his way. And so I want us, before we end tonight, just to look into your hearts and say, Lord, what is it that you want me to give up? And the Lord will tell you. So that I, so that you 
can be number one so that you can be at the center of everything that is important to me. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will move in this place and that we'll begin to do your work in our hearts in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for your work. Now, just between you and the Lord, quietly, uh, whatever the Lord has brought to your attention that you perhaps need to give to him, I want you just to begin to confess that and give it to the Lord. Because we could be hungry, we could be desperate if we didn't fill our lives with all this junk.